Igor. Actually, he's a distracting. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good intro. Welcome back, folks. We are coming at you with another Legends of Muskie Fishing video. What's uh, going on up there, Robbie? Uh, it's uh, still cold. Looking like some awesome weather coming, though, in a couple days. Uh, haven't been fishing much, because why would we do that? <laughs> Too cold. Too, Too cold. cold. Stupid. But hopefully get down to Madison here soon and uh, maybe do some pike fishing. That's uh, That's... What I'm excited for, but uh, actually super more more excited to do this interview though with Mr. Steve Herbeck, uh, otherwise known as Herbie, <laughs> the, the, the fish slaying king. Oh my gosh, I uh, can't believe we got you at Lee's house. That's awesome. You guys are together. For Makes sure. it simpler. Yeah. So cool. For those of you not familiar with Steve, some of our younger viewers, um, Steve has been an absolute inspiration for me and everyone in the musky world. He has uh, fished muskies uh, pretty much everywhere in North America, for the most part, maybe a couple of states here or there that you haven't made it to yet, possibly. I'm working on them. He's working on them. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this guy cut his teeth uh, from Madison area as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'll let him tell the rest. Uh, before we get started, though, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Wausau Muskie Bash. There is going to be a muskie show. And that's yep. going to be March 19th and 20th uh, at the Expo Center in Rothschild. So we're looking forward to that. I'm going to swing by there on Saturday. I probably won't have a booth there, but it'll still be cool to You'll swing by <laughs> and swing through a musky show and do yeah, all that. You know, it's a different show, too, and it'll be even more so this year. But you know, I've done every single musky show for everywhere yeah how many years 30 years you know i mean and, and this one has a different feel to it it's it does. A, it's just it, you know yeah it's commercial because everybody's selling everything but it's just got a little different feel to it there's it it's more homebody good old boy type of feeling to it not that all most of the musky shows are are right. that way too this is even more so it's, it's just a little different feeling if it, you know somebody wants to get away and finally from this winter doldrums and, oh, and right. see what they are missing, you know, what we all missed. Right. Um, right. It, it'd be a good choice to try it, you know. Yeah, Rich, Reinhardt, and <clears throat> Penny, and Mike Getz will do a fabulous job for that show. We'll leave a link down in the description so you can uh, hightail your butts over to there yeah. for uh, a day or so and check out a the only musky show this winter. So, uh, yeah. Also, before we get started, probably one of the first times, like, in a long time, you could fish with Mr. Steve Herbeck locally. Uh, yeah. You got some open dates left, sir. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, Usually well, you're you're up in Canada, and you know yeah, a lot no, of people I'm don't give a chance. Last yep. year just got to be too much for me waiting every month. Yeah, you know, trying to just you know thinking, you know, that it was going to open. You kind of got those false sense of securities, yep. and finally it just got to the point where the end of August, I just you could just see what the writing on the wall was. Right. So I booked up a bunch of September and October, just people that called me to see how I've been. Yeah, and right, I said, right. hey, I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't take this. I'm going to take right. this. Oh, give me two, give me three. You know, and then all of a sudden yep. I was busier than I wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, it right. was fun. It was a yep. lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of memories. There ain't nothing like fishing Eagle for me, obviously. Right. But, but uh, you know, this fishery down here, you know, it was amazing. I had to get a little bit used to the difference in, 
and, oh, and yeah. pleasure boaters and, and jet skis. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be polite and call it company. <laughs> yep. But uh, you're not you the know, just forget about that. You know, put it. Don't let it bother you. Right. You know, the fishing is. I'm telling you, down this way, it's between, pretty, pretty awesome. insane here and the and the rivers and yeah, and, you know, a few of the other lakes around here that are kind of kept off to the side. Yeah, you know where right. Madison's getting the big publicity and rightfully so. Right. right, there's a lot of opportunities. And to be quite honest, you know, I got some gigs going on in northern Wisconsin too because of just guys I fished with for years and everything. Right. But man, I'll tell you, the fishing down here's it's pretty tough to beat in Wisconsin. No, it's now. definitely better. You know, I would you say. Know, I mean, the yeah, number of 45 plus inch fish is astronomical. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for an absolute giant, there's Green Bay, but still, you can get beat up pretty bad out there. Where around here, you can get pretty much a bite a day, if not a lot more. You yeah. Know? Right. Oh yeah. So yeah. you know, there's not many days you don't at least you get a chance, and that wasn't the way it was when I started down here years ago. Oh no. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty amazing what has been done. You know, I'm really sure. impressed. A lot of hard work yeah. has been put into yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So Steve will be uh, guiding in uh, throughout Wisconsin uh, yeah. from, I guess, what the, May 1st, yeah. the, the well, opener. Yeah, I'm going to do a few walleye stuff in April and that. But for the most part, my real serious gig is going to be from, you know, May 1st on. And, and uh, you know, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. Like, you know, I dabbled with a few of the little out of the way places around sure. here and yeah to get further exploring you know, right, right. Just, you know eagle is so immense and and it's so much and the first time i stepped on it you know it, it scared me you know oh, so i was well. petrified and right. i was too small <laughs> right yeah you no, know I, I and i'm you. always trying to find new spots and and i've tried fish a new spot every day and i have for 28 years okay now some of them work out some of them don't Right. You know, but uh, but you know, to to start on something freshly new, uh, you know, like the rivers or some of these smaller lakes, you know, that are around here too. Besides the Madison Chain, and just seeing how the Madison Chain changed and how I had to adapt. Because when I was guiding, it was tigers. There were a few naturals, but you couldn't sure. count on them at all. Young ones. And uh, you know, so you know, to see how the weed types and how they've changed and lay out in thirty years is. It's been fun. You know, it's, That's it's insane. A, a new, That's awesome. New, new <laughs> it's like going to new water. Right. right, right, right. right. So, That's cool. You know. So, yeah, we'll leave a link down uh, in the description how to get a hold of Steve uh, via phone number, Facebook, whatever. We'll leave that. So you could possibly fish with the legend, Steve. <laughs> well, the thing of it is, is I really just love fishing. You know what? I have a really hard time enjoying myself going out and fishing by myself where some people oh, yeah. love it i'm just wired i'm just wired to the point of of, of sharing it with people and exactly. and i feed off their excitement that's yep, what you yep. say i i love and appreciate any muskie i catch but to be honest unless something really crazy happens i don't shake that much anymore no. on my own but a kid or a woman gets a 38 or a 40 incher and and yeah. man, I'm, I'm shaking so bad oh, i can't yeah. hardly get the hooks <laughs> out of the fish that's you amazing know, so, that's what I live for. I, you know, I could just sit and wait for the border to open, get back up and do what I did. But, you know, I really miss it. I miss yeah. I miss sharing with the people, you know, and the memories of what I can teach people and see them appreciate it. And uh, it's just really a cool thing to do. And I think a lot of people that are in the business take it a little bit the wrong way, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it's sure. pretty cool. That, that is why Robbie and I 
started doing this whole Today's Angler project yeah. was to share it with you guys. So thank you so much for all the support. Uh, yep. Let's dive into this exciting interview. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a great interview by any means, but we're just going to let Steve talk. Basically, I want to hear the story. Uh, where are you from? Uh, how old are you? When did you get started? Let's let you talk. Well, I, I'm going to turn 50 at the end of March. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was 40. This year. I thought it was 40. <laughs> well, well, anyway, I was born right, you know, not far from here. You know, we just and uh was living in stone i was actually actually born in a little bit more you know southwest there but i spent my most of my life growing up in stoughton just near here madison and uh you know my dad would take me we had a plane uh little car up at longville we'd go up and run up and fly up and fish leech on weekends and, and fish <laughs> in wisconsin i just that was maybe what years were you oh, running to longville oh shit that was back in uh 70 oh six 60s early 70s wow were you there for the musky rampage that was, oh, that no, was a few years before were, oh. <laughs> that's why you went yeah that's why hey, hey let's kill these things yeah yeah wow yeah. wow yeah. That's yeah, but you know uh, my dad got me going like he'd get away on weekends here and there with a couple of the good old boys and they'd go up and get a cabin up in northern Wisconsin and play cards and drink all weekend and fish and I got I started getting able to go along and my first trip up to Squirrel Lake I caught my first muskie it was only like a 38 or 39 incher but it seemed to me like it was 55 at right. the time you know oh, yeah. and I was just screwed after that I was like, <laughs> and, and you know and I you know I had a regular life there I was you know getting married and all that kind of stuff I had a job and all this but I was always trying to get out of work to go fishing i had an insulation business there from madison for a while and i was just always screwing things up trying to get out of work to go fishing i knew <laughs> i knew i had to do something you know, there's the a tigers problem were, the tigers were coming on and, yeah. and 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 they weren't really being exploited by many musky clubs and things like that so once i started catching some fish and the word got around and i started guiding part-time here and there well then pretty soon all the musky ink clubs wanted to know about what was going on it was the sure. most real big gig of what we've seen going on every place else now so you know, what year would that be then that would the have tigers. been uh uh 86 85 okay. 80, 80 yeah 84 85 86 is when i first started around here and and you know and then i was jumping up to northern wisconsin for three four day getaways and learning more lakes up there yeah. And How then, big were those tigers, by the way? Well, we I caught them up to forty-eight. Oh, um, wow! Do you have saw, any of those pictures still? Never saw. Oh yeah, I got some. I'll, I'll get some to Steve's yeah. got pictures. Wow, that would be but, so. Uh, you know, there was a lot wow. of forty-six to forty-four inch fish. So when were they stocked in the seventies then? Yeah, all of a sudden they were there. Don't ask me. I'd say. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I no know kidding. my grandfather caught muskies out of Wingra back in the 60s yeah so yeah, that's crazy yeah. four foot and I mean, tigers, at wow. that time when i was doing it i mean you could make contact with fish real regularly you know and that you know they're just <laughs> and they, i think there's something to it they're a little easier to catch and yeah you know, they, they really like hanging around certain areas and sure most of them, well, what what boat were you rocking then i had a i had a magnum socks. okay okay magnum. yep 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 yeah. <laughs> That's First awesome. couple of years, I had my dad's old aluminum. Yeah. Uh, 
dropped it off the trailer going around a curb in Kelowna. <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? I want to hear this story. Yeah, pretty excited, you know, to get to the landing, you know. You know, it's still young, you know, cut the curb a little too sharp. Yeah. Oh, and it just came off out. the trailer. Oh, yeah, right, right. Rush out of traffic. I had guys helping me trying to get it up back on the trailer. <laughs> You oh didn't have straps God. on the back? No, no. I wasn't no, too much no. of a hurry. You know, I are when you're 12 oh, yeah. years old, you know. Oh, that's freaking awesome. But, you know, then, then you know, <laughs> just the lure of up north just got to me. Um, you know, I, I wanted to get away from the boating traffic and that. And it's just the pines and the northwoods. Just, oh. You know, they just oh. do something to you. And at that time, you know, I had way more balls and brains on anything. But I got a lot of things done because I was pretty fearless you know sure and so i you know here i had a little danny was just a little baby and and my wife and we packed up a camper trailer and i put it in the camp holiday and started my first season through all kinds of weather and you know it, it's kind of like the the gypsy boys we got going now you know sure. yeah yeah stuff. but that's that's how it started for me too and and then i got a house and you know started becoming you know, to the point where I didn't have to worry about any bookings. I was full and I was starting yeah. to do seminars and stuff like that. And then, you know, we were, you know, got, so you, got lucky and caught a couple of big fish, which didn't hurt. You know, they were uh, in the six years I was actually guiding in Northern Wisconsin, customers of mine twice caught the largest fish caught in the state for the year. And those weren't guests. <laughs> those were those those had the ball peen hammer between the heads. So, you know, <laughs> they were weighed. weighed. So those they... were weighed. That was back in those days where you weighed fish like that. You know? All so right, you let's let's back it up a little bit. Let's yeah, back yeah. it up. Yeah, I agree. Um, so you're saying, did you live all year in that trailer? Winter no, through all? No, 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 through the season. Just, just for the season, season. okay. Yeah, and, and your wife would come. She came up with oh, you. Super. So you packed no, your, your young wow. kid. You moved to, where did you move to? Where were you set up? Well, I still had that, that season. I still, well, let's see how this goes, you know? Yeah. Yep. So I, I still kept my house down, down, down here. Totally quit your job then? Oh yeah. It was done. Yeah. It was, and, it, was, uh, it was go time. So, uh, yeah. We stayed in that camper trailer at Camp Holiday for the whole season, uh, right up until about the second week of October. And then she came back home with Danny and I stayed sure. and Then I, I stayed in and uh, Bubba Smith, a buddy of mine, was guiding up there. I stayed with him through November. So where was sure. this located then? Boulder Junction. Boulder Junction. Boulder Junction. And I was doing a little bit of guiding there, uh, or most of my guide was there, and I was doing a little bit over towards Robbie's country. Back back in that day, you know, Couture and, and Oh, really? You'd come over here? Oh, yeah. We got a, one of the bigger fish was that was a 55 and a half inch out of Couture. What? Yeah. Holy crap! Wow, I need to see. Day, was that a day. was that a striped fish then? Oh, oh yeah, unbelievable. Oh my gosh! Unbelievable, see? beautiful fish. Yeah. Holy crap! A true pure lacuterae fish. Yeah. yeah, I you know it's just that Holy lake is crap. pretty amazing lake. I just it's, a, it's just a shame it's not like as right. million was you know that because right. it could be. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. That that was our subject of our last uh yeah with ramzel oh, really? oh yeah. yeah with larry and pete oh yeah yeah unbelievable 55 unbelievable. and a half inch oh, we, do you have an image of that fish oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. holy oh, crap what yeah. did you yeah, uh gonna... did you weigh that one was that one uh 43 six it, it was oh oh it was aged at 29 years old didn't have any teeth left yeah so <laughs> when'd you catch a... it what time of year it was november 
November. Yeah. Holy cow. 43. On what? Sucker. Yeah. Off of Hogs Bay. Meat. Yeah, we had, we, had, we had 11 fish that week, and, and three others were 30 pounders. Wow. Oh, my God. That, that's the kind of stuff that could happen back in those days on that lake. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was one of the big topics I would love to discuss with you, too, about. But we can get into that later. But yeah, that's a shame. Holy cow. God, you couldn't even, you can't get a 30 pounder in a week up here, it seems like sometimes. <laughs> in the fall. Two weeks. Two weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, yeah. So, so okay. So you packed your family up. Yep. You did the uh, first season up there. And uh, so where did it go from there? Well, what year was this, you think? That Roughly. was uh, 87. 87? Okay. Yep. Gotcha. That gotcha. Was 87. And uh, so I lucked out that first year. We got that, <clears throat> that, that 43. 43 pounder. 43. 80. Oh, that was your first year you got yeah. that switch? Yeah. Holy cow. Wait, that'll put that you helped. on the map. <laughs> jump things, you know, yeah. Took it along to shows and, and when I was doing seminars. And, you know, it was, it was you know, there wasn't near the competition back then. As right, as well. right. Then, what were yeah. uh, electronics like and stuff? Uh, I My first couple of years, I ran a, a Cytex. Oh, yeah. Uh, three color flasher. flasher and paper graph. Paper Next graph. Paper yeah. graph? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. No, actually, it was a Cytex, too. Yeah. No, they had paper, yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cytex became Vexilar right. later, right? right. Exactly. I've never heard of what's a paper graph. What do you mean? Oh, it's got. <laughs> <laughs> you got. I, I'm picturing like a screen with it's just a paper map. It's like what you see on your full screen um, uh, locators now, only you got. No a paper, GPS. You got a big long paper record of it. Oh, okay. So, so that's literally. Okay. Yeah. So gotcha. for those of you that's young, amazing. not familiar, uh, this, uh, a paper graph actually had a roll of paper inside the unit and it scrolled and printed out it's, your, it's your display. It's it actually carbon. Your bottom of your graph would be full of carbon because the needle was. You could see a spark on the tip of the needle that was going across okay. the paper. It wasn't ink. Like a lie detector test, uh, kind yeah, of, sort yeah, of, but not yeah. really. Yeah. Wait, so wow. what was the point of that? It would show your position on the lake, or what? No, it would print out there the was actual. Not, there wasn't liquid crystal. There's no LCD. No LCD. Oh, okay, gotcha. Like, okay, the, the I, I, I understand. The color flasher was high tech, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The color flasher was high tech. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And then, yeah, well, and you're catching lessons. 55 and a half inch muskies with that technology. That's amazing. <laughs> That's it's crazy. Yeah. Tell uh, me how deep it is. I'm good, right? Yep. 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 Well, and uh, to be honest, to this day, to this day, the same locators that you're using ice fishing right now are probably, to me, you just have to watch them all the time. Right. So, so, so don't you, with the new uh, Garmin's and the new Hummingbird technology coming, you got to watch them all the time, just yeah. like a flasher, you know, because right. really, everything's moving that so much. Yeah, it's you know? quick. quick. So the only thing is, is you just got to watch the graph. But to be honest, you can see probably more on a flasher graph than you can on any, if you're watching. And yeah. You, and, and you, see you know, what, and you know what you're reading, you know? Yeah. yeah once you learn it, yeah. like watching bluegills under yeah. the ice, you yeah. know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But, so really, cool. it just, you know, you just had to watch it more. But it wasn't long after that the, the LCR, LCD started coming out. But still at that point, I still was convinced the, the flasher was technology way better. Yeah. Huh. You know, started seeing what I wanted to see. 
So what about the rods and reels at that point? Mid, mid seven and a half were the big ones. Yeah. They were mm -hmm. the first, that was the first, but round, round the, the end of the, you know, 87, 86s on yeah. is when, well, seven and a half was our nine tens now. Right. You know, that's, and, uh, and it, you know, <laughs> at that point, the jump from, you know, the little stubby Fenwicks to the, yeah. you know, to a seven and a half foot, uh, at that time, the only place that made them was, was uh, Gander Mountain, the seven and a half. Uh, Booker started that. Like flipping sticks, basically. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, and reels, 6,500 C3s. Yeah. Yep. That, that was the bread and butter. 7,000s even. I used a lot of 7,000s. Yeah, and I, I did a, once I got to Canada. Once I got to Canada, we started saying, wow, you know, we got to go. That's when the boys in Minnesota started really using the 7,000s a lot. Yeah. So we picked up on that. You know. Got a reel <laughs> faster. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Wow. All right. So enter into your kind of next season of Northern Wisco. What yeah, happened? Things now? just things just started, you know, really going well as far as being full. And I, you know, picked up a sales rep jobs, you know, I um covering the state in the winter between shows. I was yeah. doing quite a few seminars. So I was I was it turned into a full-time deal. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, you know, it's not Bill Gates or nothing, but I was doing pretty well. I was taking care of the family. Yeah, and yeah. yeah said, you're living. Well, I made more money than this before, but this is a hell of a lot more fun. Right. Right. <laughs> and to right. me, that's just kind of the way, you know, I live my life. Kind of kind of uh yeah. You know, from the history. Just try to live. <laughs> yeah, doing what yeah. you love, yeah. Doing what I love to do. So that's awesome. What um, were uh rates back then? First year guiding. Well, I, I can remember when I went to like $200, everybody thought that I was going to put myself out of business. And I really? Got busier. Got more busy. <laughs> That's but awesome. I fished day and night. I was yeah. doing, you know, I was doing double shifts. I, there was, back then, there was a lot of real hungry guys coming up that, you know, would do anything with you. You know what I mean? Sure. And, really? And I, was, and I was crazy enough to, you know, start it before daylight and not get done just in time to get back for last call, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. Those are some hours. <laughs> that's a long day. <laughs> yeah. And that was every day of the week, you know? So you learn stuff pretty fast when you're going at that speed, you know? Yep. And, and so, you know, uh, it, it was just a time. It was also a time between those, those mid to late 80s to about the mid to late 90s. That was just a remarkable time of discovery in this industry yeah. mm -hmm. so many things were starting to become aware um to people that you know coming up we were coming out of the dark ages and yeah. and realizing how you know what these fish were doing and so many different things and the new the new it was that's about when some new baits started coming out you know sure. the, the rubber first hit the scene and there wasn't after that the big tents started hitting the scene and stuff like that and there was a lot of new jumps yeah jumps catch and out. release yeah you know yeah. But for me the difference between like when i just like to fish muskies and when i even when i first just got started to like by 1990 conceptually i was totally different on the way I went about um, chasing muskies. You know, the, the whole concept was now starting a real thinking type of process. Mm -hmm. and, and 
and an evaluation of things constantly because so many things will come into light that people now just right. take for granted. Oh, right. absolutely. Sure. You know, that, You're well, able to pattern the food. Yeah. That was a, probably the biggest thing I think that came them. into play. One of them, yeah. Yeah. People used to just throw to the shoreline. Yeah. And, and, then, and, you know, to be, you know, and I've always said this too, there's been some really cool baits come out that have, that have really pounded on the fish because they were just a really good bait. Double 10. But, but did they change the way conceptually I thought about fishing. No, I still fished them the same way as a, as like say if this is the double tens as, as a fluted, as I did sure. before that. It's just, they were just much more of a magnet. Yeah, you know, yeah. the same, same way with the multi point pole crankbaits, they caught all kinds of fish trolling, you know, yeah. I mean, but did they change the way I trolled? Mm -hmm. Not really. It's just, I yeah. had a better mouse tool. Trail. Okay. Right. Sure. But, the, the the rubber baits the bulldogs you know the medusas and stuff was something to me that conceptually made me or or allowed me to change the way i fished muskies because it allowed me to fish so many different levels mm -hmm. and and edges and things like that that and then, and then i visually you know, right, putting the bait in the strike zone, and yeah. mentally, conceptually thinking about what you're doing and visualizing right. what you're doing, and then you start seeing successes doing things that were more than just throwing over the green weed bed. And oh my God, this the lake doesn't have a green weed bed. I don't know what to do. Right, right. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. It, <laughs> it really opened things up for me um, because it was a bait that allowed you to fish basically. Everything yeah. but extreme top water to as deep as you wanted to fish. Right, right. And 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 everything from cover to open water or anything in between. So that kind of was a big thing for me. I think the bait itself conceptually grew me. You know sure. what I mean? Oh more, yeah. More so than the bait was such a magic bait for me catching fish, which it was. You know, at that time when they first hmm. came out, for sure, and they still are, but it just it, it grew me as a as a fisherman sure. just like just like like something that's doing with people right now for instance is side scan sure. or, yep. i mean that conceptually has yeah. changed things for a lot of really good angles yes you know they're I'm not, not even casting at it yeah till yeah. they see one yeah and things like that the the, the, the new technologies are almost not down. good yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Could be a bad thing, really. <laughs> but that, I, that, that was one thing that right in that era there, uh, nine, early 90s, that changed the way I started thinking about, about these fish. Maybe, Rubber baits, right? But, yeah, it, it okay. allowed me to realize what these fish were capable of doing. Reeling in a bait on the dark of the moon with absolutely no blades or, or no joints or, or no, nothing yeah. and smoking fish behind noisier baits. So really? It, it really what what, what, what bait was that back then? Those what was any of the big joes or the bulldogs or anything? Okay. Throw them out, reel them straight in on a black, dark yeah. moon, and fish were swallowing them. Oh yeah, clear, clear oh, water. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean, it, it really woke me up as to well, wow, what are these fish really capable of, and what are they capable of? That and that's when mm -hmm. the concept too of conditioning started getting into people's heads, and we started realizing what might be coming on with these fish and how they're 
you mm -hmm. know, reacting, and the musky fishing started to really explode even more and more. Yep. And so a lot of these things just started uh, waking people up, astute anglers. And that's, I think, when the first big real growth in musky fishing occurred was a lot because of a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Made Not it, made it that, easier, maybe. I don't know. Obviously. Uh, it, it became more readily available on television. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. was uh, In Fisherman, of course, and yeah. Joe Booker, and... Yeah. Uh, Bob Mason Comer yeah, and everything, yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, and there were articles and, you know, you were writing them and yeah. it's yeah. just really exploded at that huh. point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what should we jump and into? Then, uh, so what happened was, is, you know, it was a successful deal there. In yeah. So you're there for six yeah. years. Yeah. And then we got uh, that big fish off a of trout that, that, that 4810. And that actually, when I brought that in at 930, in the morning it it bottomed the virus county scale at 50. okay so i so it I did lose a couple hard, pounds that was right when all that crazy stuff was going around about the saint lawrence fish yeah and all that lenny hartman and yep. and uh and all them guys all that stuff was going around and i kind of got a little spooky because the fish was only 43 and a quarter inches long or 53 and a quarter right. inches long yeah and it was 26 inches behind the gills and it was 26 inches at the asshole so it was like a rectangle yeah a big scotty but uh, let's back up though let's i want to hear the whole story of this fish uh steve a fish he's referring to uh for those of you not familiar there was the bylas county musky marathon yeah, yeah. which was the c contest uh was that was there two categories, catch and release and at that, kill? At that or? time, it was just kill. Then, okay. then the next year, uh, there was a release division. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what year is this of the, the Steve White fish? 91. 1991. So let, okay. I want to hear the day. I want to hear about the day this happened. Well, you know, it was, it was November. Um, it was cold. I, that night I had, a, or that morning, I put a salamander against the lower unit of we all had two strokes back then there yeah. wasn't four strokes i put a salamander heater heater against the uh side of my motor to make sure the, the oil got nice and loose and i was fishing <laughs> out at that time which is only about a five mile run you know and i quick slid into into the lodge in, you know, into the northern highlands there at the sports shop picked up steve white who at that time had become a a super client of mine and he was just always positive just one of the guys you love getting in the boat everything yeah just the way because of their attitude not that he was a super fisherman his attitude. attitude his attitude called the fish in like a magnet you know <laughs> whenever we fish together good things happen and, and i picked him up and he jumped in and and uh and uh he said he looked took one look at me and he said he said you sure you don't want me to drive i've been up the night before you know and, <laughs> and, and i says he, he, I says, no, I think I can do it. He says, good. I like you like that. You know, <laughs> we always catch more fish. So we I like them. you like that. <laughs> oh man, I love That's it. It's amazing. So we made it. To the, we made it to. We made it to the lake. Got the boat in, and even by that time, the oil started getting a little thick. So I, I was going along this big stretch. That's a. It's a whitefish spawning area, and we were out out off of it where they were starting to stage up there and and uh how deep uh the fish came at about 65 feet about 18 to 22 down uh, oh, oh oh my gosh a big m9 uh gold prism 
grandma. I had, I had, uh, I had, I probably had at least 150 feet of line out, and I had an ounce and a half uh, rubber core ahead of it. Sure. So I figured I was down about 18 to 22. Yeah. You know? And uh, and uh, what time of day did the fish spread? Right away, man. I oh, mean, right away. We, well, we caught one about 44 inches on the first pass. We caught this fish on the second pass, but. Um, um, yeah, just catching them in trout lake, just a couple fish a day, you know. <laughs> Good yeah. luck well, now. Actually, <laughs> actually, actually, there were times I would go. <clears> yeah. A bite. Sure. And, yeah, that's big water. Back then, when you got one, it was usually a pretty good one, you know. Like, yep. But uh, um, the rod goes off. Yeah. Well, anyway, no, the motor wouldn't run right. The reason I caught <laughs> oh, that yeah. fish was because I had to keep gunning it and slamming it in gear and get going, trying to get it really warmed up and hot. Sure. And so what I was doing was, because I was like working, we were like twitching. Working, I, I, in back, looking back You're at You're twitching it, a grandma. I was, yeah, I was. I was <laughs> With I, your motor. I was jerk casting my boat, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. And, and I'm, oh I'm my pretty gosh. sure, I didn't think about it until after the season was over, that was that the reason why I caught right. that fish? It was because of the way <laughs> From that and speeding up and slowing down, trying to trying yeah. to get, get your uh, motor running. Warmed up, yeah. But anyway, when when I when that when the rod went off, it was on a planer board rod, and uh, I finally got the board off, and and I quick got back to the motor, and I uh, was watching Steve fight it, and the rod was just a, a whipping, and and yeah. the, the fish actually running. You know how they when oh, you yeah. really run, how the rod tip away. No went. kidding. So I thought he was doing something stupid like and i was yeah. like what the hell are you doing you know and goes, no that's the fish running and I, I at that time i used flipping rods and uh and like 20 pound test mono for trolling yeah you know and uh the drag was just woo, 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 going across on on a 7000 i thought holy holy man and uh then uh, when we got the fish up and it, it went into the net like I said, I would never kill that fish now, but back then that's oh yeah, normal. What happens, you know? What I mean? Yeah, that's absolutely. What happened. I mean, I knew when it hit the bag. I, I thought it was longer than it was. I thought yeah. I, I when it hit the went on the deck, and I saw because it was bent, but I saw how immense it was. I knew it was something very special, and I told right away. I said, I, I said, Steve, I think you just. I think you just did just did something special. I had a tire iron on the deck that I used to undo my lids every morning. Oh yeah, broke. Yeah. And I whacked that son of a bitch as hard <laughs> as I could. You know, <laughs> broke the lip off my best grandma. But <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! Uh, what a no, what a so picture get, in my head. That's no, amazing. Said, we should get this. We should get this in the town right away. So yeah, and the truck fish then at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Going in the back of your yeah, truck yeah, or wherever yeah, you yeah. left it in the boat. Oh, arrival, yeah. <clears throat> but I got to Northern Highlands, which at that time had the, the a registered Vilas County tournament scale. Yep. And and I brought it in at Janie Harpster. Most of you probably all remember her working up there for probably the last 30 years for Carol there at the Northern Island hmm. store. And she was managed ship that day when I pulled in there. And I said, Janie, come on out, man. We got something special away. And she come out and she looked at it. And when we put it on the scale and it was at 50 and just barely, barely coming off the thing. And she goes, Herbie, what have you done? You know? <laughs> and that's when I got a little freaked out because, ah. 
because of all the stuff that was going on with the St. Lawrence oh, records yeah. and all <clears throat> that kind of stuff. So I, imme I immediately called Dick Moore, who was the sure. head of the Lakeland chapter of Muskie Zinc there and everything. And he had the regular Muskie Zinc tournament scale, which yep. I knew was also registered. Yep. And Dick was certified. Pretty, Dick was real particular about that being perfect. You know sure. What I mean? So I, so I, I gave him a call. I said, Dick, can you get that? Can you get that scale up here? And he, he goes, Well, I'm working. You know, I says, He said, I, I can't. Get, I get out of. I should be able to be up there by about yeah. seven. I said, Okay. So all day, this thing's going in and out of snow banks. You know, everybody's taking pictures. We're drinking <laughs> Crown and Coke. You know, and and you know, Crown and Coke. It was one of it was one of them things. You know? Yeah. There was people lined up. Oh, word, yeah. The word got around to Saint yeah. Oh yeah. And the lawns over at Sainer, you know, and they yeah. were like all the information for everybody. You know? People yeah. were probably driving around to find this yeah. fish. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. Wow. It was pretty cool. And then so then when Dick got up there, I mean, there was a big thing of slime under the scale. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Said, we've been wiping it, pulling it in on a snowbank all yep. day. Right. Um, right. And he put it on a scale and it only went forty seven ten. So I I I kind of gave up a, a true Wisconsin fifty pounder, which there ain't very many many of them. No, but at that time, that fish was uh, the largest fish in thirty three years in in uh, Bias County. Wow! So wow! So that was uh, that was something special. I can, it's just imagine a Malax whale, but in Wisconsin, and, and then what? The, the very the very uh, uh, that that next season. With uh, Timmy and Tommy Wendelberg, we caught a fish that was an inch longer, and it was built not quite as heavy at the back, but I think it was in that same forty-five to forty-eight pound range, and we let that one go. Oh wow! Yeah, no wow. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That was that same Very year cool. that uh, um, Cleansing was fishing with me. We got oh, yeah. up to thirty pounders, and yep. the, you know, mid thirty-pound fish. Yeah, he had like a 51 or yeah, something with yeah, you and yeah. on trout as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah. so, um, <laughs> you know, that was pretty special times. And then, uh, so then, you know, I uh, had another real good year the next year. And then, you know, a customer of mine at the time who fished with me usually about 30 days a year, wanted he wanted to get into the resort business in Canada. And at that time, I was going through a divorce, things you know, they were, were sure. going to outlaw trolling in northern yeah. Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a I point thought, too. man, yeah. we're going to go backwards and everything, you know. So, and like I said, I still was at that stage in my life where I had more balls and brains. Yeah. And so I said, sure, why not? And found this place up on Eagle Lake. You know, if I'd have known what I'd know now, you know, it was, it'd been, it was a labor of love. It was pretty run down, beat up, you know. Uh, Hadn't been open for three years. Not one customer still thought I could fill it. You know, yeah, just the way yeah. it was right. back then, you know, and uh, you so had to. we went for it. We went for it. And, you know, uh, you know, at, uh, over, and what year is this? That was uh, 93. We actually opened the door. We bought it in 92 and opened the door in 93. So, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, there wasn't boats, motors, you know, nothing nothing really nothing. And then, totally run down resort yeah. andy myers and so for, so for the next uh you know the next 20 years you know it basically was like being a farmer you know you put everything back into the labor of love worked 
you know, 18, seven running the place as well as guiding five, six days a week. And so, um, you know, it was an adventure for sure. It was a, an adventure of an, an enormous proportions, you know, and kid growing up there in the camp and yeah. meeting all these cool people, just like going from a lake that I only fished one week a year with my mm -hmm. dad. Sure. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, this is living your there, business, yeah. you know, and no one, <laughs> and, and just the size of it and, and just, it, just even way, how far it was yeah and just the everything way, and living like a gypsy you know, i'd stay up there from april to november and then down here and you're moving stuff back and forth and on the road doing shows it was a it was a it was a hustle bustle you know yeah but uh i'd never ever regret a second of it it was it almost seems like a blur yeah you know, yeah things sure. were all together and things were just always on the go and yeah it was a lot of fun. And then as I, the thing, the problem that I, that I had there with the resort was after it got, the thing turned in very popular and yep. it turned into a monster and just kept growing. And I let it. And that was my fault. It went beyond what I visioned. That was a close knit little fishing resort yep. with nothing but, you know, mostly good real good fishermen sure, coming out. a lot yep. of my you were up there a lot of different guides would come up as guest fishing instructors and for a week or two and yep. get free vacations and spend time with the guests it was a lot of things got thrown around all over the table at night you know and yeah and, and with guests and stuff it was a really cool place and and it just got too big for me it's still going along those routes with the new owners right. and everything, but yeah. it just that, you know, he can concentrate more on it. His wife's involved in it with him and I'm sure. up there, you know, helping him, you know, to doing some of the things I did, but in a much more relaxed yeah. state. Yeah. Besides right. Not and deal. Uh, it just got to the point where it was going to either, cause I wasn't going to, people think I'm nuts. There goes back to my, what fishing means to me. You know, a guy that was sensible would have, uh, you know, quit guiding and, and, and ran a very successful business. You know, yeah. Yep. Business. But, uh, I wasn't going to give that up. I right. just couldn't. Right. And that's, I just no couldn't. dollar amount on that. I would, yeah. I would not be happy. You know, I, I would be regretting it later in my life. I'm sure, yep. you know, and, uh, so it was time, uh, that I put it up for sale. And luckily the new owners, they really wanted me to stay a part of it. I had a That's lot cool. of repeat guests and clients I fished with every every year. Uh, yep. I've been everywhere, you know, in the industry at every show. A lot of people knew me. So he had a family so that I could do shows and people would recognize me. And it was a good all around. I got to yep. stay up there for the whole season. I actually was paying me more than I used to pay myself when I owned it. <laughs> no kidding. It was, it was a pretty good deal. I got to basically be like I was uh, on vacation, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Doing what you love. Doing what I love. For so, absolute mega giants. Yeah, so that, that's why this, when the pandemic hit, you know, last year, it really yeah. a loop, loop right. for me. You know, it just was so much a part of my life. And I just figured I sooner or later was always just going to happily die. There. You know what I right. mean? Right. Simple. Yeah. yeah. Because if I didn't, I probably wouldn't die happily. You know right. what I'm saying? It's in you. Yeah. That's right. Right. That's your so, place. So, yeah. So, uh, um, but uh, yeah, and it was it, it was a very special thing. Like I said, the lake has so many different aspects to it. And I guess we're going to do something down the road here on on just Eagle Lake, so we yeah. don't want to beat that up too much. But uh, yeah. 
Um, the, the whole thing of learning every day for 28 years. You can't do that on a lot of bodies of no. water that you guide and fish on. No. You know what I'm saying? Right. My, my understanding. Multiple lakes after so many years, it's right. pretty much you got it. Mundane, yeah. A good angler's always learning something. But I could make it a point to fish something that was not just marginal looking, but like, holy moly, they're a big fish. An, right. Something new all the time. So there was that cool part of it, yeah. you know, the lake being so multidimensional. Um, that was a very cool part oh, of being right. on that. Well, system. my understanding, there's different stains in different parts of the lake. Is that? Oh, yeah. It varies greatly. Yeah. So everything it's like green. Everything does it get green? Clear, everything from gin clear to, you know, where you, you West could, side. Where you could see like gin, you know, 15, yeah. 20, 18 feet down. Yep. Down to coffee colored where you'd hit oh, a really? So tea too. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. And everything in between. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool. Gosh, you know, to, be able, to be able to move around like that, and we'll have a whole other deal. Right, right, right. Yep. Too, well. so, um, we could go. I could go on for that for hours. Oh yeah, hours. no, that would be absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. But um, maybe let's hop back to what were other some uh, big fish catches in northern Wisconsin, or let's say um, how many. How many fish over 50 did you get in your six-year stint in that time? You know what? I'm not that much of yeah. a Numbers. bean counter, yeah. you know, but I would I would average somewhere between three and six a season back then. Holy. Uh, over, you know, over 50, yeah. you know. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, oh, those two, lakes are so you know, good. And, <laughs> you know, two of them were weighed 40-pounders. Right. And it was, there was three others that were right there. It's insane. You know what I mean? That were let go. Yeah. You know. Was there stocking previously, or was it just oh, yeah. those fish oh, were yeah. un, uh, were they I like mean, untapped? Stocking them, you know, uh, for many many years. Yeah, you know? yeah. Some lakes, some lakes didn't have much stocking. Some did. You know. Uh, um, I suppose the fish were a little bit dumber back then. It was they were not so touched. Maybe I don't know, but that's insane. Well, Try to you catch know, a 50 in northern Wisconsin now, it's like... You know, I uh, don't think we recognize conditioning either as much yeah. as we do now and make yep. it a, think of it that way. But, you know, it was back in the late 80s that there was some of us like me and Joe and Tony and and Langley. And then everybody started getting the, my old buddy, uh, some of my old buddies and stuff up there, um, TJ and them boys, I mean... We practically, I mean, we went, there was conditioning and we knew it because we were fishing yeah. from from the second week of June till middle of September after dark. We looked like zombies. Really? You know? Like, yeah. You like, guys are that hardcore back then. We looked like albinos who never got any sun, you know? <laughs> really? You know? It was so, just, yeah, just night unless fishing. Unless there was, unless for several of those, three or four of those six years, if there wasn't a major storm coming in, I wasn't on the water. You're not fishing the day. No. Really? No, not too wow. late fall. Not too far. That's an interesting uh wow uh difference between the Minnesota or spotted muskie and then the Wisconsin bar. They are a much different fish oh, altogether. For sure, for sure, for sure. They like it seems like they like deeper breaks, they like deeper water, generally speaking. They're not as willing to hit on, like you said, bluebird type skies and whatnot. Yeah. Do you feel that's yeah, accurate? yeah, and and, and you know, and if I had to say, I'd say they're almost like the difference between a muskie and a tiger, a uh, Wisconsin bard and a, and a leopard. Sure. As as I, 
I, I mean, the, the bars seem to be crazier, you know, as far as sight, fit, sight and, uh, and uh, colors and, and uh, being up high and flats and stuff like that in the sun and, you know, yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. It just seems that they seem to be, you know, like maybe the difference between an alligator and a crocodile or something. Sure, sure. They're the yeah. same, they look the same, but they're different. Yeah, yeah. different yeah. habits. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You fished, you you fished the spotted um, in Minnesota and the Great Lakes more than I have. I the spots I got are Canadian fish. You know, that's right. what's so interesting about eagle. I mean, if really personally, if I had one body of water to fish every day forever, it really probably would be eagle. Yeah. It's so entertaining. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but but those fish vary dramatically on their appearance. And we haven't had a real good chance, you know, to test them. As far at as night, night duh. Yeah. Right. As yeah. far as night, duh. but after a couple of times, we got down, my motor just wouldn't start. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Shoot. <laughs> I got a trolling motor all the way home. <laughs> yeah, the trolling motor all the way home. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for those of you not familiar, Eagle Lake is, uh, uh, night fishing is banned on that water. And yeah. Tell, yeah. tell us about that. Quick. Well, yeah, it started way back, you know, and that was back in the, she's had to been in the seventies. Um, and it wasn't put on, it wasn't a, it wasn't a rule put on by the, uh, the M and R it was eventually, but it was requested by all the resort owners. And at that time was known as the Eagle Lake was, uh, conservation club or something. It was all the resort owners that, you know, they were concerned about the future of Eagle Lake because at that time, you know, I mean, everybody knew through history, you know, what this lake is capable of producing. Trophy fish of every single species, but it was also becoming very exploited along yeah. with some commercial fishing, not so oh, much okay. for walleyes and northerns, but for whitefish, which are the forage base for everything. You know, and, huh. there, were, and there were enough, there's always incidentals caught, you know, that they're allowed, you know, so, and then there was, you know, it had become a very, very popular lake to, to back in the, in the 70s. It was actually known as the walleye fishery. It was, it was kind of jokingly on the side, um, you know, called the Dead Sea because it had just been so exploited by resorts and shore lunches and, sure. and really? wow. fishing and everything else. And so they and there was an area in the lake where um, the biggest walleyes would all migrate to, you know, after spawning in okay. recuperation okay. periods to spend the summer, big basins full of white fish and baby ciscos or ciscos and baby white fish and things like this. Mm -hmm. And and these fish were almost impossible to catch, unlike a lot of your deeper Great Lakes suspended fish. Sure. They're able to, to get at when these fish are down in that 35 to 50 foot range, they're almost impossible to catch a lot mm -hmm. of people have tried it very seldom but every evening right before dark especially under flatter warmer stable type of conditions you know the ciscos would come to the surface flip and okay. chase whatever they eat daffy or whatever whatever it is zooplankton or whatever they eat and they come to the surface and they're flipping all over and that surface becomes an edge yeah. and those big walleyes it was just like a dinner bell going off those oh, big God. walleyes would turn from neutral nothingness to aggressive to where Danny was out oh, yeah. there out in 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 feet of water, catching them on white Zara spooks. Top ten, water. <laughs> oh yeah. 10, 15, 10, or, you know, 10, 12 pound 
eight to 12 well, foot wall 30 plus inches jumping after them like you know and, oh, what a phenomenon and, yeah That's people like couldn't believe it national but, geographic but, crap. but uh but anyway there was you know at that time there wasn't the slot limit that he was yeah. so that, and, uh, that has that, that actually you know it's just a, a marvel at what it's done for that lake right. I and mean, we'll get into that later but uh um there were there was six fish no size limit and you know there'd be sometimes out in this basin 60 boats all really? catching three guys catching 18 keeping 18 fish from five to 10 12 pounds right wow. every night and, and the locals could go every day right and, right and they would you know during these summer months so the 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 uh the resort owners asked the mnr to uh put a night ban on on the walleye fishing and that's what they did the first year you know you could fish muskies still after dark but they were finding incidences where people were actually trolling walleyes with like bigger crankbaits like number right. 18 repellers yeah. and they were claiming that they were fishing muskies so sure. it became a regulatory nightmare and no warden wants to be out there on a lake full of rocks at dark right you no know, chasing maybe somebody right. around that might be fishing walleye so they put a night ban on uh they took the, the eagle lake uh night musky night ban they took they put that into effect too so uh, what, but what year was very, this very this was uh uh what had to been at I, I don't know exact date but yeah. it, was, it was in the 70s 70s okay huh. yeah and and so now going back from the dead sea Eagle Lake right now is one of the top ten fisheries in all of Ontario. It's it's it it, it was just let, and then when they went from to four fish instead of six fish, and then the slot limit of eighteen to twenty three inches has to go back, and yep. only one fish over the slot. And right. we started back in 90, 94, We started the policy of no kill over the slot at all. Nice for nothing, your camp. Nothing over eighteen inches. Huh. could be killed that's awesome and and well and you know the, the all the other the replicas were starting to get so good why and then all of a sudden all the other resorts started promoting it at the shows to keep up with us so it became a an effort of everybody yeah. to, wow, promote cool. that, to promote that on the lake and the lake just so responded to the point where it's just incredible i mean you know uh, and any any knowledgeable guy that if there's the middle bite going on in the summer, if you leave the dock with less than ten dozen, you're gonna be you're gonna be running out most of these. <laughs> right, right. You know, so besides the big fish eagles always been known about, there's just so many because they spawn so many different ways on eagle. There's sure. there's there's creek spawners, there's shoal spawners, there's shoreline spawners. So no matter what the conditions, one of them or two of them Success. or all of them successfully right. spawn. Right. And so That's it's just insane. like a boom. Well, right. I'm almost wondering, is there almost going to be too many? Right. You yeah. know? Could be too many. So we'll just have to see because they all feed on the baby whitefish and Cisco's right. and everything too. So huh. you crush all that. Right. You know, we'll just have to see. But, right. uh, you know, huh. maybe they'll change the slot. Maybe they'll make you keep five, four fish under 15 or something, something like right. that, regardless of how big your the slot goes so i don't know but it's it's turned into a fishery and the and the musky fishing has changed completely there you know completely there from um low numbers of big fish to 
big fish and lots of numbers. It's completely really? changed. And I believe that has to do because there's not near as many pike as there was 30 years ago. Okay. I think that's the reason. I don't think it has anything to do with 54 inch size then. Well, there's an interesting point. <clears throat> I don't think it's because nobody kills them anyway. They protect themselves, even if you could. Right, so, right, <laughs> right. You know, I know that for a fact. And uh, so I believe it's because there's not there's not a tenth of the northerns. I mean, like that there was 30 years ago. Huh. huh. So I believe that's just better, higher successful spawning and survival rates. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. For so sure. it's going to be a lot like Lake of the Woods. It's, you know, but I still think you have bigger average size shots over and oh, above. Would, yeah, you know, sure. the, the over and above chance at yeah. the at the at the you know at the lotto deal, you know. Right. But uh, it's getting to the point now where you can reasonably expect to catch two of the six fish a day. You know. Mm -hmm. Wow, um, that's insane. Of you know, um, five to forty-five inches, and you still got all the big ones, you know. Right. So what about? Uh, I recall this is back when I first started working at like Steve Gerhardt's back in the day. Yeah. And I remember uh, the Bob Bamel fish. Yeah. 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 And that, that was the first, that was the first 40 pounder. That was the first year I had the resort and that was the first 40 pounder that I caught on Eagle. Wow. And, uh, and you know, back in the day there, I was really known, you know, for my live bait fishing in Northern Wisconsin. Yeah. Right? Yep. Okay, so when I got to Eagle, and, and that was when we were still using, you know, back in the late 90s, or late 80s, early 90s, we were still using single hooks. Oh, yeah. People didn't realize just how much, um, what it was doing. Right, You the know damage. what I mean? And, and that, so about that time was when we were starting to experiment with, with quick sets and they were so archaic, great big nose hooks. The only way I could catch fish was I put people up in the front of the boat and and tell them to hold on and I backed the boat up as fast <laughs> as I could because at higher speed rather than to set the hook. Sure. And then you'd move the sucker in their mouth. You know? yeah. right. And so, but anyway, this is what I'm alluding to is how the quick set rig really came about. And so, so using Dacron. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we were up there, you know, I was with Bobby and I think cleansing cleansing might yeah. even been wally with me i'm not sure but <laughs> but uh because i had one i was trying to get the bait dealer to get me suckers you know what i mean and uh you know they didn't know how to trap them like the boys you know right. nobody ever asked right. he was the big sucker in Canada right. up to this point ever right right now people will bid for him up oh yeah you yeah. know what i'm saying but anyway um so i i got uh wayne clark who was a pretty a very master bait trapper and dealer up there and so you know he he was opened up some minnow traps he was maybe catching one and you know he was man this thing it's just economically ain't paying off you know so <laughs> I, I showed him how to build told him how to build the great big ones and he you know he's a trapper he just went from yeah. there but anyway the oh very first 18 19 inch sucker i had first one the very wow. first one the very first one i had in my hands on eagle lake and i just and then, and then i and i went west besides which is you know lower numbers and literally not as good a live bait fishing as say down by a camp or in the middle section of the lake sure okay I and mean, it is but it's 
Now that, now that I know what's going on, I got a long lineup, yep. you know, and free free swim them. And whereas then we were still running them closer to the boat, sure. yep. stuff like that. So I mean, I know how to catch them up there now. That's evolution of time and stuff like that. But anyway, tell us, yeah, about this so, one fish. So I'd actually use this. Uh, you know, I got it like at two o'clock, and I ran out and I, I used it around strawberry for a little bit, and. Uh, and, and so I knew I was going to be guiding Bob and the boys the next day. So I, I babied it. I kept it in the live. Well, I put a reader in there. <laughs> tucked know, it in at night. I'd have given it a mouth to mouth if I'd had to. Right? <laughs> so we get out that next day and everything. And I'd, I'd seen this big fish off of this point up in Chow mm-hmm. One uh, a couple of weeks previous. So we slid across that point and instantly um, the rod went off. And, I, and the way it went, it just clicked. The big ones are always different than the small fish. You know, the big fish go zip when they grab it. That's all it is. It's just a zip. And then it's over. And after that, click, 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 click. Wow. Like that jaws. was very, very like similar. Like Jaws. But, but the, the small ones and the, and the thoroughbreds, the 44, 45, 46, those are the ones that will grab them and move off faster, you know. Um, but so I knew this was, I felt very confident. And when I put a little pressure on, it wouldn't. It wouldn't let me do anything. So I, I knew it was the good fish. Unfortunately, I mean, it was a 42 or 43 pound fish. Unfortunately, it wasn't the fish we were there for. The fish, oh, I really? saw, the fish I'd seen a couple of weeks before that was. How was, big do you think? Oh, it was, oh, it was a 50, 55 pound fish. Yeah. Um, Jeez. It, what, what, what is dimensions in that? Do you think 57, 58, one of those animals? No, up there was probably a 55 incher, but okay. yeah. I mean, I'll send you some pictures of fish I've got up west that are big as round as, as this table here. As this table here. <laughs> are, are deep, you know. Yeah. But anyway. Didn't you guys flip a bottle cap for it? Yeah, yeah. One of them got it did anyway. But and Bob got it. From but, a soda, but, right? But what I'm getting at is, is <laughs> that, that was my first sucker in my hand on right. Eagle Lake. Wow. Okay. And we were still, and I was on a single hook. So, and that's to this day the only fish I've ever killed on Eagle. Sure. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, it's something to do with, we were still in that mode of just starting to get into yeah. repos. Um, yep. The promotion aspect of the first 40 pound fish since I got to camp. Um, the single hook was just kind of a combination of things. And uh, so, you know, we got this fish in the boat. Um, and that next day is when I realized that there's no way in hell that I could allow that to go on on Eagle Lake by me or anybody else because we'd, we'd kill it. We'd kill it. So yep. that's when I started dreaming up that the quick release type of stuff. The Herbie rig. Well, yep. it's just re- whether it's, you know, it's it's the basis of all philosophy now of the breakaway rig. Whether you're using a rubber band, whether you're using a little straight turn straightenable hook or a clip, it's all goes to the back to the quick release so that you can easily hook fish with it without having to give them time and everything else. But it's kind of like one fish sacrifice for something that came about that probably wouldn't have came about for quite a few years. Right. Really? So it saved a lot of muskies. No kidding. And, That's yeah, cool. I felt bad about killing that first fish, but I've never killed one since. Yeah. And uh, and it really it bothered me so bad. That was when I was starting to get a conscience. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> well, you saw how valuable that fish exactly. was. Exactly. 
Exactly. How many days you had to put in to catch fish exactly. back in northern Wisco to Ex catch a monster? Ex exactly. It's hard. And when I bought like the only first live bait I had in that bait, a 40 pounder trout, dude, I thought, oh my God, you know, I can't let this happen. And, right. Right. You know, so, because I knew it was going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's how the Herbie rig came about. I sat there, you know, over a bottle of crown and start thinking over things how to do it how to do it it came about and that's how it started and obviously there's been evolutions along the way but the breakaway concept is is what's what it was all about and it's it works wow. now i believe there's video footage of this footage. and that goes back that right? goes back that goes back to what i was talking about a period of time when so many new things were happening yeah you know and and, and coming to light and and yeah. people were musky, musky fishermen were becoming way different mm -hmm. all of a sudden the yeah. few that really got it yeah and, you know it became a way more of a thinking's man's game than it ever used to you <laughs> know and and so it was like i said that was just one of the things yeah so you wouldn't believe how many things that are mainstay i'll sit down and, and think about them before we do our next deal on Eagle Lake and on how many things that actually came to light over a bottle of crown uh, around the, <laughs> the round table. Oh yeah. yeah. Myers Lodge back in the early days. Looking at the paper maps of, and stuff. Some of the best fishermen sitting there and yeah. flying off the top of our heads, you know, wow. uh, it, was, it was pretty cool back then. That you know? had have been so fun. Cool. The evolution of musky fishing as we know it yeah. today. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just cool. back then did you have like a little handheld gps to get back home like how the heck do you find no, no, no gps no that's amazing it's like second second third year then i finally got my first yeah, yeah. Did the, that, that was i to, i'd be honest with you that was a, one of the coolest things about up there because there's never ever really any good maps like are available now sure you know yeah. like uh, one foot contour yeah one foot con and there isn't even one of the, like that are on eagle yet but it's still decent right were the and, reefs marked back then no hell no and oh then that was what was so cool yeah is being able to do it the old way with the triangul oh, yeah. triangulation and, and find these humps out in the middle of the lake yeah yep. get right on them you and, knew and, how and, to yeah get and that was part of that was a fun thing about yeah and guiding is yeah. and all that and and uh, people couldn't just show up to that lake with yeah, their boat yeah. and go do it themselves right. they you needed knew somebody now people go by and go peep peep yeah <laughs> oh yeah now right, right. <laughs> you know so there's a lot of secrets anymore did no. there is video footage of that fish is is there not i believe so i think maybe, i swear i've seen it i think either john or joe cleansing has We'll we'll do a little dig and yeah, see if we can yeah, find yeah. that. But really? I I know I've seen a clip of that fish. But since that fish, okay, twenty eight years, I've had fifty seven <laughs> fish over forty pounds in my boat off Eagle. Some yeah. years as many as three or four, some years one. Yeah. But a lot close. You know what you really think is forty pounds, most of the time is thirty six, thirty seven. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, Shadlon scale really woke me up. Yeah. Yep. You're actually what so these are actual and, like and in the cradle and, or what kind of scale? Just wait them in nets, yeah. With yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. But uh but uh you know legit forty pounders. Fifty wow. pounders, it takes a you wouldn't believe what it takes to actually go fifty. Yeah. It takes a ton to go 50. Have you girthed any of those ones that you actually weighed just to see 
what that compares to the uh, calculator. Usually you know? they're off a little bit. Yeah. Usually they're off. It depends on how the fish are built and what part of the lake. Yeah. Yep. You know, like on the Western arm, it doesn't fit in real good because they're shorter and fatter. You know what okay. I mean? Whereas, and then you get down the central part of the lake. They, those are the big brown ones up okay. uh, Portage Bay and the Western arm. And then Eagle is kind of a mix of, of, uh, of the big brown ones and the spotted. Yeah. And as you get farther, as you get farther east and south, you get more and more spots as you get okay. down there. And those fish are, they're still plenty big and fat. Don't get me right, wrong. Right, right. <laughs> they tend to just be built different. Sure. I know when I got to Mille Lacs and we started catching those giants in the fall, I was like, I want we got to know what these things are. We have to know. And I went and bought a, a, a boga grip, which we never hung a fish from the boga. We would hang the cradle from the boga grip, but it was IGFA certified uh, a scale and that we would weigh the fish in the cradle. And the first one we weighed was a 51 by 27 inch scony fish in Mille Lacs that was stocked 84 to 88. And that fish was 46 pounds. And that went to the formula that was right there. Yeah. Um, but it carried it that whole way. Uh, two days later, uh, I was out with James that, Linder. You know, it takes a beast. Man. We, we uh, Hamnick called. He says, hey, we got one to weigh. And he call, called us over. We went and weighed it. It was 44 pounds, same dimension, but it was a spotted. It was a spotted. It was not all the yeah. way at the end. Sure. Yeah, it didn't go so, through the tail. Huh. Right. Anyway, that's just yeah, my right. input. Boy, those are, you know, when you get 51, fish under 52 going over 40. Those 46, dude. Wow. We weighed it, man. Wow, I didn't hold it. I looked at the they scale. Are, they I are couldn't so hold special it. fish when you're holding them, too. Yeah. You can't hardly even get them up to hold them right now. No. Right. They, don't, they don't fit, in, you know. Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, what is the biggest fish you got in Eagle Lake? in your time the, the biggest that i that i caught there was 57 and a half that was summertime fish or in my boat okay um actually the longest the longest fish was actually opening week um on a on a regular sized bulldog but uh the other really big fishes most of them have been august and october okay gotcha Huh. Although we're starting to catch a lot more bigger fish now, um, you know, early in the season too, like sure, like mid June and stuff. Especially, really, especially once we start another thing like open water trolling kind of deal, or one of the Minnesota stuff, and we first started finding it too. Yeah, you know, with that 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 open water after yep. spawned stuff. Yeah, after the spawn. Uh, where do you think the fish spawn on eagle? Are are they spawning deeper? Well, that's the that's the thing. You know that we get some tigers. You yeah, know, but not tons. We right. usually have three or four caught out of the lodge every year. But that's the reason they claim that the the lake has the potential to produce world records naturally, not right. a small fishery. Yep. Is because that has the muskies coexisted with pike uh -huh. um forever, ten thousand right. years or twenty thousand yeah. years, yeah. or whatever it is. The muskies spawn, you don't very seldom ever see them up. Like you would, like you said, you guys were casting them on the Madison. Yeah, so, yep. Unless they're just up, an odd one is up there cruising in the warm right, water. Right, But they actually spawn like Shoals. 10, 12, 15 feet deep. It's amazing. Over this curly kind of uh, cab cabbage 
a low-lying cabbage. And mm -hmm. They like that the, the eggs get down in there and, and stick to them. That's yeah, what Larry yeah. Ramsell was yeah, talking about. Right, yeah, right. right. Huh. So, uh, which where they've radio tracked on Eagle. Right, right. That's how they found a lot of that out. Yeah, right. yeah that's it's cool. So uh, the 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 thing of it is, is that that's why they can coexist is because they've been there so long. The muskies have, uh, you know, figured out how, or the ones that survived actually spawn deeper. Yeah. yeah. Cohabitate. Now you go up just north of us, you get up onto the uh, Indian Chain Lake and Canyon and some of them. Yep. Pike have gotten in there. And just in the 30 years that I've been in Canada, um, you saw the progression where there was oodles and tons of, of mid, low mid 30 high 30 inch fish yep. to catching an occasional tiger here and there yep. and not hardly as near as many muskies but sure. all of a sudden you might even catch a fish up to 42 to 48 inches really? and now all of a sudden an Indian chain you can't hardly catch a muskie that so really that's the natural are. that's the wow. natural evolution right without any happen. stocking or stuff it, like that huh. in the lakes that they weren't intended to ever be there sure know? Yeah, I remember hearing guys talk about Canyon and Eagle yeah. where the 15 fish a day, or yeah. not Eagle, but yeah. Canyon and, uh, Indian chain and yeah, Indian Chain and those, yep. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, now it's just garbage. Well, there's still a lot of fish, yeah. you know. Of, but not what it There's still been. a lot of fish on Canyon and, and oh. uh, stuff like that in the Indian Chain, but I know the smaller system of corner, it is definitely, you know, you're seeing that now the what happened 20 years ago on the Indian chain is now starting to happen on, you haven't seen the results of the lowering of the numbers of muskies, mm -hmm. Whereas, but on a smaller system that's enclosed, sure. you yeah. know, like, like the Indian chain, you know, it was very visible. It was an sure. exaggerated state. Sure. You could see how, how it happened, you know? Well, what about, we should ask, uh, what are some of the maybe more memorable fish, whether Northern Wisco or, uh, eagle that uh, you know just come to mind that just stick with yes yeah, some of is the that your birdly no that's herbie's phone <laughs> oh okay yeah, i was wondering what the heck that was happening there's a duck i put that on yes. my phone for when i was bow hunting last fall <laughs> i forget to turn off my ringer and sure it went off in the morning i had those right by me not even look up really <laughs> that's awesome oh man <laughs> no that's thinking with your head <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to hear. Uh, yeah, a few more stories. Oh my gosh! fish that oh, really—they're yeah. so entertaining. Special to you. Yeah, man. There's a lot of them. There's yeah. a lot of them. Like, uh, like those two Wisconsin fish still are. No matter oh, what yeah. I've caught, are, are are something real special. And then you know, there's a, a, a and Jack Clifton caught that big fish with me on Coup Ray, and he's also involved. In one of the larger fish that I've taped that I boated on Eagle, yeah. that was actually Pete was in the boat with us. Oh, really? He, Pete had come back from Lake of the Woods fishing with Doug Johnson. This was in November. Jack was up hunting deer with me, and he had just shot a big ten pointer that day. And and back then, both of them could could finish off a bottle of Jack pretty easy. In <laughs> <laughs> as if there was still only a couple fingers left in it they were pretty much trying to talk me in the, at that time i was done fishing the camp was closed except for deer on the sure lake. yeah uh, my boat was all cleaned out still in the lake 
but it had yeah. been all cleaned out because I was busy guiding deer hunters at yeah. that point, and they talked me into going. <laughs> I said, okay, 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 let's go. And I still had like four suckers in the live world. Sure. That yep. were alive. Okay, so they talked me into it. I got the hunters out the next morning, and we went out. And, you know the lake. I just went yeah. out from the lodge. You know, first first place stop on Colonel's Island. We seen a big fish that didn't bite. So then we go over to Flat Top and and Flat Top. And I, like I, I come wheeling around the, the reef and uh and we had two fish up that day. We had two fish up that day. Um the one we ended up catching, which I'll get into, was one of the biggest I've ever boated on Eagle yet to this day. And it was the smaller of the two. Of course, you know the bigger one always eludes it you. Never bit, and I and I never did see that fish again. Sure, and it's not a big area. It just makes you wonder what's out there, you know. Oh yeah. But right. anyway, we were coming around, and uh, and uh, Jack had it. Jack had it uh, chasing a, a black bulldog, and down deep, and I could see how deep it was. And at that point, I had just rigged a sucker. It was in my hand, and the fish came in on the bulldog, and as they do a lot, the big fish particularly in the cold water it's just like a they just glide a flyby you know what i mean yeah. and i just quick pitched the bait out the back of the boat and just free spooled it yeah and that <laughs> took off and i actually <laughs> grabbed it instantly Ooh, i'll take that yeah, yeah. and it was oh. an epic fight fought really really hard yeah jack said it right away it grabbed it just started heading over towards sunset yep. right up to the base and he hit it right away and hooked it perfectly Right in the corner of the mouth, and it was epic. Fight. So, what year is this? Um, that would Roughly. have been about ninety. I'd say about ninety six or ninety seven. Okay. Ninety eight, mm -hmm. ninety seven, ninety eight, right in there. Herbie um, Rig was in full swing. Yep, full swing Herbie. Oh, Rigg. that's sweet. And then we went farther. How big was that first one? Well, okay, just we got... had. We had no ruler in the boat. You know? You're kind of done, really, yeah. for the season. Yeah. Not take, and I always, what, what, what I always, we guessed it at 57, 58 inches. You know what I'm Holy saying? Holy crap. Right? Of but, course. Uh, um, who knows, right? And what I always did is people used to always ask me, they'd see the picture online or something, they'd say, how big is that? And i just say, you tell me. You get, you get you get estimates of 60 plus and yeah, yeah, all yeah. kinds of things yeah. you know what 70. I'm yeah so so it was it was fun to play with that fish I, I i would say in my heart i'd say it was probably about 52 53 pounds okay wow. in that neck of the woods. giants yeah. Yeah. Epic. but i've seen fish incredibly bigger i mean you know That's over insane. the last 30 years i've seen four fish that were were noticeably bigger and sure. no idea what they could have weighed because right. you just don't know you haven't touched them Never touched yeah them. yeah wow had one hook that broke a line um but those like i said those super fish there's only very 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 few as we all know they're just a freak of nature but yeah it's just good genetics that it can happen there yeah i can't believe one hasn't over 60 inches hasn't been caught because I, I know for a fact it's not resort talk. It's not guide talks. Oh no, no. It's sure. uh, these were huge fish, and I and several others of people that I know don't wouldn't stretch a thing. Yeah, yeah. Anything they're usually under. Yeah, I've encountered fish yep. wide, 
that just goes to show you how those big fish are so different. Yeah, right. So superior, way superior. Not everyone can get off when they get hooked, although it seems that way. (laughs) Why do they never ever even bite? You know, it's just there's so much to know. Well, I know when uh, the longest fish I've ever had on a bump board was 57. And when you see that fish, you hold that fish, you measure it, you know, and then you think about the other ones you've seen, you know, they're beyond that. You know, when they're beyond that, what are they? I don't know either. I mean, I saw a couple on the lax that I was like, how come they don't get caught? You know? Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty nuts. Oh gosh. There's some freaks in Eagle, but wow. You still got more to this story. That's insane. There's more to this day. Well, yeah. just the one <laughs> we, kept going, we kept going we kept going west and pete caught oh he caught two or three small fish on uh on jake's jerking jakes and probably Jack. 46 inches no they yeah. were small fish oh, okay they were, they were, they were small <laughs> fish, you know under 40 and uh and we were commenting on it what the hell because he just caught one of the biggest fish any ever of yeah been a part of right and now all we're catching is these little male looking fish what the hell's going on <laughs> and so we pull up on this next spot and again incoming on jack's on jack's dog is a fish that's about like the fish we caught maybe a tad wow. small but you know but a solid 40 pound plus fish right yeah, yeah. and and we had just, it was the first cast on spot. I was still opening up my live one. Sure, getting those suckers. And so I did the same thing. Yeah. I just flipped the sucker <laughs> off the box and started eating it out. Pigeon right? suckers. And uh, and the fish grabbed it again. And I oh quick handed it to but Ra or Pete and Jack were both up there and they're both going, oh, no, no, you. No, no, yeah. you please, sir. You know, I'm saying, well, figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. Somebody <laughs> take this thing. And go, you take it. And I don't know, man. It was like being how a woman could pick up a car because her kid's stuck under it or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I just. <laughs> you hammered it. I hammered I broke 40 pound XT. Oh, oh. Broke mono. So it had to have a nick somewhere. From, right. Yeah. Uh, oh, that sucks. So I broke that fish right off on the hook. So ah. then after that, we didn't see much more. But we, we that day would have been a pretty special day with two fish that size. Two yeah. fish over 55. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, wow. There's so much more to this, too. That's oh, the crazy part. Yeah. You have, oh my so gosh. Many How many years? Yeah. That's insane. So many of them. And, and you know, uh, like I said, uh, that's funny. And, and you still love it. After all that, and knowing what's swimming around there, and getting back to what I was saying, the kind of fun I had uh, for the little bit I got to fish back in my home home starting ground. Sure, down it here. Was, it was pretty special. Yeah. I really look forward to, really looking forward to, to this coming season. I'm hoping yeah. the border opens so that I can fish yeah. some of it next fall. I yep. really still even believe, though, um, and it depends on if I have that same feel um this year i might just go to fishing about eight to ten weeks in canada my two primus windows sure uh, yeah july through august and then again october and i'd stay a little bit more into november then sure yep. my special, Big one. special guys that wanted to come up and 
Yeah. What goes on up there. Yeah. 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 Right. It's not so, easy rodeo. And then do this, and then do you know May, June, down here, June, and and the first half of July before the water usually hits down near eighty the yeah. last right. few years, and get out of here for that prime stuff. And then yep. be back for that shallow water late September, you know, mid September, late yep. September, by and then be to Canada for one my favorite for the last right for the last or, uh, and that would be that way you know be prime yeah variety yeah, too my gals have been pretty good be me being gone six months a year for, <laughs> for, for almost 30 you know <laughs> i've got i've lost a couple of them but it must be your I looks got, got a lot of, you know you know supported me a lot and it's, it's so gotta be the looks fishing at least and being in my own bed for you know yeah. half of the season yeah as i move forward too right you know? yeah yeah we'll not the worst here. thing i'm having a lot of fun around here you know so we'll just see what happens yeah well there's no doubt steve herbeck has uh like i said before been an inspiration for me and i would have to say that i mean there's probably not been somebody that has worked harder at this sport whether it's from the guiding standpoint yeah. to the resort end of it which you didn't know you were going to become a resort. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, holy cow, dude. Like, I had a partner to start. He was going to do all the business work and then he yeah. had to move on because of family. And, you know, yep. it's just not a great way to start. It's hard. Make a living with two people, you know, right yep. away. And, uh, you know, it's. Uh, this yeah. guy's busted his butt, man. And he lives it. And that's why he, oh, you've been an inspiration to me and yeah. doing what i've done and yeah, make me cry it's just so cool man. <laughs> I mean, the fact that we could sit here and talk about this and hear all these stories i mean we're so lucky that yeah, we're incredible. have this opportunity to do this um obviously there'll be some more we uh definitely want to get on the water with steve obviously yeah. um, do we some hear, fishing that would be fun <laughs> right we yeah. want to hear about eagle lake some more and 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 actually start breaking down and talking about fishing specifically on eagle lake uh tactics techniques mm -hmm. baits um we're looking forward to hearing some of uh, the secrets of yeah and this guy has been on when you're on a body of water every single day for that many years you just man you you yeah, are part of tune. that life. right <laughs> yeah you become a part of it yep yeah you know what's happening and when you don't that's when it switches that's when it really becomes interesting and you you want to you don't want to yeah. go in yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. No, that's cool but, uh, man but yeah I thank robbie uh, thank you thank you steve herbeck this is an awesome little interview uh we have so much more to do with i mean that's just insane there's so much more to talk about but i, know. I think hour 30 or more is probably plenty for you guys but uh we'll be doing this again for sure maybe some fishing too you should come up here herbie just go cool. back on <laughs> that would be cool <laughs> you gotta place the crash <laughs> I, I i got some guys that are staying up on nemacog and i want want me to come up and stay with them for a week at the end of september and, and oh wow that'd be but fun i got too many guys that stay that lake ain't big enough for us all of us you know oh sure yeah <laughs> that, yeah. Big, that lake ain't big enough for you and me you just stay off of there you know that's hilarious but, but it's just a joke it's yeah just yeah fun, but, but yeah, no. To be honest, that lake up there—you've been fishing it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen like, any. Seems like real that giants. Is lake up there for big fish right now. Yeah, yeah. It can. It's, I know last year was a little bit slower, but um, yeah. the year prior there is some. There's some giants caught. Yeah. But um, no, cool lake. 
I do love being up here. It is it's interesting. <laughs> Can't beat it. But um, yeah, I think that's it, guys. Thank you so much for watching. You can uh, listen to this on uh, or stream it on uh, Spotify, Apple, or on Podbean, and or just watch it on YouTube. Um, that was awesome. <laughs> Man, I'm overwhelmed. I just can't wait till the next one. It's gonna yep. be fun. Hopefully, we'll be outside. Would be really right. nice. Yep. But, but uh, yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you, Steve, for coming yeah. and telling your story. Yeah. Uh, we can't wait to hear more. Uh, make sure to uh, go down and click the subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube. And until the next installation of Legends of Musky Fishing, uh, there was Steve Herbeck. We got more guys uh, that we're working on getting on board to do this. So thank you so much. We'll see you on the next one. See you.